Let's pray. God, we enter into your throne room of grace boldly as you give us the ability to do. God, thankful for so much. Thankful for, for the freedom that we have to worship you. Thankful for your grace. Thankful for your son, Jesus. Lord, if we were to list all the all the things that we are to be thankful for, we would not have enough ink or enough paper to write on. God, my heart is heavy for Israel. We continue to pray for its peace as you command us in your word. Lord, we lift up this morning those that have not been able to make it, maybe because of health issues or, or whatever it might be. Lord, allow them the opportunity to worship you this morning. And for those under the sound of my voice, Lord, speak to their souls. Maybe a believer that's been walking with you for decades, convict them of an area that needs to be brought to you. Lord, for the, for the soul that's here that's depressed or anxious, God, speak peace. Lord, for the person here that's on the fence with whether or not they believe you, they want to believe you, they don't know who you are, Lord, give them clarity. I believe that any soul that truly wants to know who they are, will find that answer in you. Lord, we ask that you give us peace as we go about the, the current season of our culture. Seems to be waving to and from in terms of the ideologies, but Lord, we know that your word stands forever. We know that a life that is standing firm upon your truth is one that can live confidently with a posture of gratitude. And of course, I ask that today I become less so that you can become more. Use me as a vessel. Push aside my notes so that your spirit can speak. Open the hearts today to be receptive of your truth and to receive it with love. Lord, we love you. We say thank you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, Hope. It's a blessing to be with you this morning, and we're so blessed that you decided to join us. Um, we are in week six of our Prepare series. We're winding it down, week six of six. If you've been with us and you're still with us, God bless you. <laughs> thank you so much for, for being here. We're going to kick off a new series next week, um, and, and when we just come, it's a surprise. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you then what that consists of. So today's topic, prepare to pray. Prepare to pray. Many are familiar with, with the evangelist Billy Graham and, and the impact that, that he made for, for Christ's kingdom throughout decades of ministry. He preached all over the globe, whether it's in front of stadiums, witnessing many people come to saving faith in Christ. Now, as I read through his biography called Just As I Am, there was a story about a man that was, that was in charge of one particular event with, with Dr. Billy Graham. He, he recalled the first time that he met Graham, and, 
as he was showing him around the stadium that Graham was to preach at, he said to Pastor Billy right before he took the stage, he said, here's your green room for you to pray before you begin your message. He said, this little room right here next to the stage is where you can go to pray before you get up there to preach. And Billy Graham looked the man right in the eyes and said, sir, I don't need a green room. I'm always in prayer. My friend, today we're going to talk about prayer and, and the important role that it plays in any sort of ministry that we are to conduct. As Christians, we have full access to the throne room of grace because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The veil has been torn. The gap has been filled. The sacrifice has been made. And as 1 John 5, 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. We do not have to bow five times a day, practicing different postures or positions and, and facing some specific direction. We don't have to kneel or beg God to hear us. Christ has said that we are to cast all of our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. That's a command, not a suggestion. We do not have to make a sacrifice for our prayers to be heard. His word says that Christ is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. We don't have to clean ourselves up before entering into his presence, because his word says that though our sins are like scarlet, he has made them white as snow. My friend, prayer is not an event. It's a lifestyle. We are offered every second of our lives to come to him with not only our needs, but with praise and awe of who he is. How much more should this motivate us to come before our heavenly father, not only with our needs, but with the needs of others? As it is said, and as we just heard in Psalm 23, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as also we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. My hope for us today is that we will walk away with not only with ways to be praying for Hope Community Church but also with a fresh perspective on the blessing that it is that we are able to pray to a God who not just hears our prayers, but acts on them for our good. If you could please turn with me to Colossians 4, Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. There is a Bible in the front of you. I'm going to be using ESV. The NIV is what's in front of you. Hey, praise God, we received a generous donation to be able to get ESV Bibles in the back of our seats. So that's pretty cool. We're excited to be introducing that maybe in the upcoming weeks. So you can be following along with me if you just happen to forget your Bible. Now, please continue to bring yours. <laughs> but we'll be able to supply the ESV as well. So Colossians 4, 
verse 2 through 6. My wife said that I, I say the verse way too much when I'm preaching, so I'm going to keep it there. Okay? <laughs> we'll take it in bite-sized chunks, starting with verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Point number one, prayer is the posture of the Christian life. Prayer is the posture of the Christian life. The Greek word for continue steadfastly is proskar terite. It's built on the root meaning of to be strong. It it always refers to earnest adherence to a person or thing. Listen to this. In this passage, it implies to persistence and fervor. In other words, Paul is writing to the Colossians that they need to always be in prayer. And not just this half-baked, God bless this food prayer, but a prayer that is always in communion with God. Acknowledging the hurt and the blessings of the day and truly setting them at the feet of Jesus. It might sound something like this. God, I'm hurting. I don't even know why I'm hurting. But my heart is heavy. I cry out to you because you know my heart better than I do. And, and therefore you know how to fix it. Or, or God, our world sure seems to be messed up right now. You are the only God that can turn a mess into glory, and I pray that you do that. Or God, I've seen you work and provide for my day. I praise you because you are Jehovah Jireh. Prayer is a persistent, lifelong conversation with God. It doesn't stop based on the valley that we're in. It doesn't slow down when he allows us to be on a mountaintop. It's not based solely, as Nakia was talking about earlier with the kids, it's not based solely on our needs. You know, too many times we, we find ourselves praying to God when we get ourselves in a mess. Now, don't get me wrong, I've, I've seen God move in, in radical ways through prayer, and I'm not discrediting that, but a lot of disappointment comes when Prayer is the last thing that we do rather than the first thing we do. It's like, it's like studying for an exam. You don't pray as the exam is being passed out and you're only minutes away from taking it. Or you don't pray after you've taken the exam and you did absolutely no studying and know that deep down you just completely bombed the test. I'm testifying for somebody right now. You see, this leads to much disappointment, and then we start to point fingers at God and, and blame him for, for not showing up when, in reality, we didn't even do the legwork. Prayer's not a 911 call when we get ourselves backed in a corner. It's a constant conversation with the creator of the universe that has the authority to command a thousand angels, if it be his will. But we must never confuse his will with our will. 
You see, it's a posture of the Christian life, and it is conducted with much persistence and fervor, trusting that he is working for the good of those who, what? Love him. Prayer is a posture of the Christian life. Prayer is a posture of the Christian life. Verses 3 and 4. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Point number two, prayer is the key to open doors of ministry. Prayer is the key to open doors of ministry. Paul is reminding the church that it's, it's so important to be praying for him despite his, despite his imprisonment. There, there's a lot of things that Paul could have been asking for here. He could have said, get me out of prison. He could have said, I want a decent meal a cup of cold water. But instead he asked that they be praying for boldness in sharing the gospel and open doors to do it. You see, Paul cared more about the needs for the kingdom rather than the needs of his kingdom. He cared more about God's will than his will. I see these two switched around all too often, and it leads to disappointment. Prayers like, well, well, God, please provide me with the new car. Provide me with this perfect family. Provide me with perfect health. But Solomon was granted wisdom by God, was granted by God permission to ask for whatever he liked, kind of like that, that, that genie. Solomon was given the ability to do that. And you know what he asked for? Wisdom and knowledge. He didn't ask for riches Fancy clothes, a tabernacle. He didn't ask for any of that. And you know what God's response was? I will give you that and everything else. This is a testimony to the truth from 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good Paul's next request is that the believers pray that he deliver the gospel clearly, which is how he ought to speak. We're going to camp here for a minute, that he deliver the gospel clearly, which is how he ought to speak. As you can see in just about every one of Paul's letters throughout the New Testament, one of Paul's biggest pet peeves was a false gospel or a watered-down gospel. He spent much of his city going, much of his ministry going from city to city, church to church, calling out all false doctrines and the need for believers to be bold in what they believe and hold their ground. 
Ephesians 4.14, he said this, As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Paul is saying that the number one defense against false theology and doctrines that are circulating throughout our culture is prayer. It's prayer. In other words, it's the prayers that, that, that are going to give him the confidence to not just proclaim the gospel, but proclaim it truthfully and proclaim it boldly. There's no other way to do it, is what Paul is saying. Paul doesn't just want an open door for ministry. He wants to go through that door with confidence, and he knows that the prayers are the motivation that are going to make it happen. He doesn't wait for his circumstances to improve. He doesn't throw up a Hail Mary prayer and say, God, if you get me out of this, I'll share your gospel. Paul is in jail, in chains. I would even argue that he wrote this letter with his chains dragging across the page. And what does he ask for? Not an opportunity to leave or an out, but an open door to share Christ. Sharing the gospel is not based on our circumstances. It's based on our willingness to obey. Hope Church, always be praying for open doors for ministry whether it's your coworker that needs hope or your family member that has decided to give up on their faith or a business partnership in the marketplace, be like Paul here. Pray for an open door to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray for an open door to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's keep moving. Verse 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Seasoned with salt. Point number three. Prayer provides a biblical perspective. Prayer provides a biblical perspective. Prayer provides a what? Biblical perspective. Paul then brings into the conversation the application of prayer. So often as believers, we can convince ourselves that the only thing we are to do is pray. And where we get confused, and as it so often has been said before, prayer is not the only thing we do. It's the first thing we do. In other words, there, there's a time that we need to get out of that prayer closet and start to put our boots on the ground. These steps of faith are, are so important, yet they're so simple. It's, it's so important that we don't just pray for people, but also act to provide the need if we have the resources and ability. A lot of times we are the answer to the prayer that we've been praying. 
This can be through financially supporting, of course, but it can also be through a word of encouragement or, or simply letting someone know that you're praying for them. That goes a long way, especially to someone that doesn't have any faith. Now, hear me on this. The only time that we only pray is when we can't do anything else or Christ commands us through his word. I'm going to say that one more time. The only time that we only pray is when we can't do anything else or Christ commands us through his word. In other words, when we have tried everything, we've confronted that child that's gone astray, we've provided accountability, we have helped to counsel the addict, when we look across the globe and we see Israel at war and we just feel like there's nothing that we could do, we could pray. You know, I'll never forget the, the darkest season of my life. I was trying to find myself, as I shared before, with, with, through drugs and, and pleasure. And, and when I finally realized the hole that I was trying to fill was only filled with Christ, and I gave my life to the Lord, but, but it was six months, maybe a year later, that, that I went and talked with my aunt. My aunt was around 90 years old. She didn't say much. She wasn't much of a talker. She was a really good listener. And man, let me tell you, when you, you know those people that can just move mountains with their faith, and they almost have like a direct line of communication with heaven above, that, that was my aunt. She might not have said much, but you knew she was praying. And after I I'd went to her and I, I described kind of what had happened that night when I had overdosed and and we're not going to get into that right now, but, but I, I was describing to her what had happened, and, and of course she was listening better than anyone I know. You know those people that just listen so well, they kind of just have you talking in circles? So she's listening, and, and as I, I'm looking at her and I'm talking, I, I, I could just see tears start to come out of her eyes. She was not an emotional person at all. But tears were coming out of her eyes, and she said to me, I have been praying for you for so long that you would come to faith in Jesus. This is why Paul says to continue steadfastly. Don't give up. He doesn't call us to pray until we get answers. He doesn't demand us to pray until we have seen our prayer come to fruition. He doesn't say pray nonstop and only pray. Don't do anything else. He says pray continuously and walk with wisdom. Pray and walk. Pray and walk. Look at your neighbor and say pray and walk. Look at your other neighbor and say pray and walk. One more time just so you remember. Look at me and say pray and walk. Pray and walk. But then he finally drops this. And I love it. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. If you can't tell by the life and ministry of, of Paul throughout the New Testament, he was definitely not a, no a doormat. And I'm going to tell you this, he doesn't want you to be one either. In recent years, Christians have been walked on, taken advantage of, and often looked at as little more than people that gather together in a building on a Sunday morning. 
In a conversation with an unbeliever, I've heard a couple of times that he, he says the church needs to stay out of politics, it needs to stay out of schools, and, and it would be best off just staying in that building on Sundays. And let me tell you that it's those remarks and comments that Christians have listened to. Whether it's because of fear of, of division or, or not wanting to stir conflict or, or maybe even because some agree. My friend, we need to look at history to remember that Christians are the toughest people that have ever walked the face of the planet. The disciple Peter, he was nailed to a cross upside down simply because he refused to deny his faith in Christ. John Wycliffe, he was a 14th century theologian, probably best remembered because of he was a translator of the scriptures, and he believed that the Bible should be available to the people in their common tongue. He translated the Latin into common English while he was not burned at the stake as a martyr. His persecution extended beyond his death. His body was burned along with many of his writings. Patrick Dietrich, Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, executed in April of 1945. I, I was debating adding him here, but... But he was, he was not martyred strictly for his Christian beliefs. He was executed because of his involvement in the July 20th plot to kill Adolf Hitler. Bonhoeffer staunchly opposed Hitler's treatment of the Jews. And as a Christian pastor, he could not sit idly by and watch the murder of so many men and women. So much that he was willing to give his own life for it. Today, thousands and thousands of men, women, and children harassed, abused, and killed for their faith. The news won't cover that. You won't hear about that on social media. But there are men, women, and children that are out there today, some even in our own country, that are being abused, harassed, and killed because they refuse to deny the faith. My friend, what other faiths would do that? Paul believes that we should not only live out our faith, but be willing to die for it. And when we are questioned, he says here, have grace. But be seasoned with salt. Don't lose confidence in the message we have. Don't give up. Fight the good fight. Paul is reminding us that we need to know how we should answer each and every person. This is because we know the answer not to every theological question and, and doctrinal perspective on every topic of the Bible. And we could quote scripture on the spot, not because of that, but because we know what God has done throughout our life, we know what God has done in the world, and we have seen the impact on a life that does not follow him. A time is coming, and I believe that time is now, where believers and followers of Christ are no longer going to stand idly by and be told how to act. We'll no longer be told to keep our beliefs to ourselves and within our church, but we're going to stand up and proclaim the truth of God's word. Give me an amen, somebody. We're going to speak into the areas of the culture, seasoned with salt, so many will not only know what we believe, but why we believe it, and, and we're going to see fruit because of it. It's no coincidence that the further that we get as a nation from God and his word, the further we get from a civilized society falling apart from the inside. Depression and anxiety numbers at the highest rates in history. People questioning not only the goodness of God, but really his existence. 
all while they're enjoying the very freedoms of a nation that was established on the biblical morals that they are waving a fist at. And as Christians, what is our reaction to be? Well, at least for Hope Community Church in Lowell, Indiana, we will continue steadfastly in prayer. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, allowing our speech to be seasoned with salt, always prepared to give an answer for the faith that we have. Now, church, as I, as I mentioned earlier, this is the end of our prepare series, and, and my heart here is for all of us to be prepared for the way that God is going to use hope in the future. Now, I know that some of you guys are sitting here, maybe your first-time guests, and, or you've just been starting to come a while, and you're saying, well, they, they have this new preacher. He's, he's young, and he's excited, and in the upcoming months, that fire's going to go out. My friend, that's not true. It's not a job that lights my fire. It's the Lord. And my prayer before even coming to hope was that wherever God places me, I'm not going to lose energy, excitement, and enthusiasm for his kingdom. I'm more, confident, I'm more than confident that God is going to do some very clear things here at our church. I would even argue that he has already begun, but this is just a glimpse for what the years ahead have in store. So, so why am I saying this? I want to give a call to action for each one of us right now. In order for us to continue to grow, both spiritually and numerically, we need your help. It's so often said in churches that 20% that of the people do 80% of the work, and that's not just in, in churches, if we're being honest, that's in just about every job we've had, amen? But that drives me crazy. And the reason that that drives me crazy is because it's true. My call to you is to ask the Lord how you can get involved. How can God use your time, your talent, or your treasure for the sake of his kingdom and his church? The church in our nation is hurting for people to get involved and serve. My heart is that Hope Community Church breaks that mold. And we are bursting at the seams with people wanting to get involved. My desire is that you pray and ask, God, how, how can I be used here? As you heard in the announcements before service this morning, there are plenty of ways for you to get involved. Nakia's nodding her head. She needs help back there in family ministry. <laughs> I've heard before, go to a church where you are needed. But my friend, you are needed here. And you are wanted here. Now, if you're new and you've been here for, through these last six weeks, I want to formally invite you again to our connection class that's going to be taking place next week after the service. If you're on the fence and you're saying, man, I don't know, I, I, I like where the church is going, I just don't know if this is what, come out, hang out with us. We'll get some coffee going, we're going to, we're going to answer some questions and, and you can build relationships. It's going to be a, a springboard for you to join Hope Church. So as we talk about prayer, 
And as the worship team comes on up here, let's go before him now. So God, we we do that. We, We come before you, even saying those words brings chill. It brings a chill down the spine of someone who doesn't know you because they're now asking themselves, wait a second, I could talk to the God of the universe. I could share my needs. I could share my heart. God, I thank you that you allow us that opportunity. Lord, we praise you for it. And Lord, as we look into the upcoming weeks and months and years here at Hope Community Church, we pray that you give us wisdom so that we can stand firm on the truth of your word. God, there are no gray areas in your word. And as new ideas and thoughts are thrown at the church, Lord, put a hedge of protection around us so that we do not waver. God, we continue to pray for our leadership, that we discern the best ways to navigate the cultural issues of our day, that we care for the people of our church and that we steward the resources that you entrust us with. Lord, you are the great provider as we have seen it so many times in our life. And God, we pray that you force us to keep a healthy perspective of the cross. That it's not our our will that we pray for, but, but yours. On earth, as it is in heaven. And God, ultimately, we say thank you. Thank you for your gospel, for your good news, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to earth to die on the cross for our sins, not just dying, but rising again three days later so that through faith in him, we can have eternal life. It's in his name that we pray these things. Amen.